Hey, Kingfish, guess what? What? You're on Anchor again. Oh, on your site? Yeah, and you're on Lily Island. Right oh, this wow. minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have rigged up. Listeners, we've been trying to record for a while now. What do you reckon? Half an hour? Um, starting with my dodgy computer and all different ways and trying to do it through Anchor. So I have my little lavalier mic joined to my iPad with Anchor on it while I speak to Kingfish on WhatsApp. So the audio quality won't be as great, but I mean, to get Kingfish back on Anchor, I think it's worth it. Oh, you you cruel. You're so cruel. <laughs> oh, you sneaky devil. Oh, this- I think something like this happened to me, and that's how I got married. <laughs> well, look out, Mrs. Kingfish. Oh, they're so evil, the women. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's uh, five. It's 5.56 in the morning, and the sun's just coming up. Where are you? Uh, uh, Milwaukee, uh, Wisconsin, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the United States. Ah. And so you were telling me a story... About and I actually recorded a, a little sliver of it about a, a Australian truck driver that fought off a brown snake while driving, and um, yeah, and you're gonna put that on your on your latest news episode on trucking with kingfish, I believe. Well, in the in the article they say truck driver, but he was uh, like a pickup, like a worker type truck. It wasn't like a big truck driver. They always say big truck driver when they put it's just a little small truck. Apparently he had a brown snake. I don't know anything about brown snakes. Um, they're care. bad. Um, yeah, it, they kill you dead. There's, well, yeah, well, it's it's bad. It. Brown it snakes are bad. Fighting with it. <laughs> That's <laughs> just a seat belt and a knife to fight it. A seatbelt and a and a knife to fight it. That's actually on Tre- on Trevor Noah. Um, I don't know if you know him. He's a South African comedian. He does the um, the Daily Show on his Netflix special. He talks about going to Bali and seeing this snake show. And the the grand finale was this guy who would would sort of um I don't know if it was a cobra or what like a deadly snake, and he was like playing a game of not quite peekaboo, but catch me, no, catch me if you can kind of thing. And the snake ended up biting him on the mouth, but the guy kept trying to pretend like it was all right and all part of the show. And so, like, there is some, there is some crazy, there's some, yeah, there's some people out there that are able to do some crazy stuff. Dominic O'Leary, who played Pippin in Lord of the Rings, he did like a reality, not like a reality show, like with wild animals from around the globe, and it, it's sort of like a travel show. And he, as he was going along this this river, um, there was this massive, 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 I guess a python in a tree, like that was twice the size of him. He climbed up in the tree and had the python, like basically, give him a hug, and um, and then he climbed out of the tree. And, um, but he, this guy, same guy also once got bitten by a, a, a massive monitor, is it monitor lizard? Like he got, he got chomped like a crocodile, like almost, but with, but with venom and shit. Um, I did something even crazier. Yeah, go on. 
I called my cat over, and as I was petting him, I scratched behind his ear, and he bit my finger. Oh. My. God. I know, right? This just happened yesterday. Well, Zoe, the rainbow lorikeet, has two eggs at the moment, and so it's quite terrifying trying to change her food and water right now. Oh my god, that's so cool. Oh my god, do we have a name yet? Oh, they're unfertilized. She she's oh. only had one sexual relationship. That was with GB and the the two of them used to go at it. GB the smaller lorikeet, slightly different breed, so smaller she climb on Zoe's back and they um they they make this sound while having sex. It's like and so the two of them together combined would be like and it sounded um my ex-girlfriend Sophie said that um they sounded like an old washing machine. I think that's kind of scary sounding. <laughs> that was back back when Lulu Island was in its infancy. Uh, that's where um yeah there was there was I lived with a lot of um, background noise of lorikeets, lesbian lorikeets shagging, as we say in Australia. Of Lulu Island. Yeah, I want to bring some of it back. Do some editing. I have dreams. I have dreams. Since the way you know, anchors change things, it's made it harder. Exactly. I mean, my my fire comes from my interactions, and you've mentioned that before, that my best shows are when I'm talking to people. Maybe this will be a good show. Will you make it good? I will try. One of my favorites of yours was the one where you had like a whole bunch of different people, and they called in, and then you did a slight comment after each one, and it was so action-packed and so perfectly edited. It was just awesome. Why, thank you. Was that back in Anchor Year old days? It was old. It was an old episode. That was back when Anchor, you could do so much interesting in-app collaboration. It was wasted on a lot of the people that were in there. And now with, oh man, with the way the world has, with the way that the world has changed, if we could only like have Anchor version 2 back, the things that we could do as artists... Wow. Oh, especially with everybody locked up at home. Exactly. And because it was so playful. Like, people think TikTok is fun, but the thing about TikTok is that it's a lot. Whereas Anchor, it was all audio. So by restricting it, it kind of meant, I don't know, it made it better in a way. It made it more concentrated. When you can have everything, you can often just get saturated with just lots of stuff. But if you have a little bit of limitation, it kind of makes, pairs it down somehow. I don't know if I'm making any sense. I'm talking artsy-fartsy. Well, the nice thing about the, the audio is it, it, because it was audio, you, you were, the only thing you were limited by was your imagination. Yeah. And it was Because video, yes. you know, video could be, you know, if you cut and paste video or you edit video, you can tell where it's been edited. But with audio, it just works. You can do whatever you want. Mm. And the fact that you could take stuff from other people's stations and mess with it and people would do... The, I, I used to get so many people calling into my station and I I used to get so many people that I'd get stressed out. I'd get to about 13 and I'd be like, oh my God. Because it, it'd be a real mix. Some of them would be fans. Other people would be trying to boost their own station. Some people would just go in and just randomly like um, 
call in, bomb your station to promote themselves, but in a not at all a tailored way. They just go in and say the same thing to everybody. So, but when you could cut it up, when you could, when they had the editing capacity, like for call-ins, you could like make it so that even the most boring of call-ins, you could make it interesting. You could slice it all up and put it together. Well, yeah, then you can use it the way you want. You know, the thing is, it's like you could call up and you could do like a promo or something. But I always thought that the best call-ins were the, the genuine callers that mm-hmm. were interacting with whatever you were doing exactly. at the time. And so you, it was like riding a wave, you know. You mm. get on these waves and you just ride them and it was really cool. Yes, it was. It was wonderful. Yeah, just that's it. It was There was a flow to it. And uh, Trudy and I have been doing stuff together again and – there's definitely a good flow that, that she and I have when we're doing our episodes. We did one just recently on her station because she had a really bad experience that people, other Lily Island listeners know about. Um, she got, uh, we talked about it a bit more on her station, but she got held down by six security guards um, and uh, strapped to a gurney because she got taken in to a psychiatric ward. Into a, into a mental oh health unit and uh they she was sitting there for three hours and um yeah she's not even sure who sectioned her which is sectioning is when they say you've got to go to hospital <laughs> you have no choice um because you're crazy um and but she doesn't know whether it was the police who had the power or the ambulance but it this is a new thing usually you used to need a do- uh, doctor or two doctors but um yeah, they took her in and then she was waiting for three hours and then she just decided to go and then the security guards were like, nah, and she was in a uh, somewhat of a mood um, and put back and it took six of them, yeah, to hold her down. They pulled her legs apart, strapped them to the edges of the gurney, pulled her arms apart and she said there was one creeper with his face right up right up near her face who she could tell was really enjoying it. So, yeah. I think the I think we had a little bit from the train because they heard me say that and were like shit. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, full on, right? Going through something like that. Right? I mean, I think I'm. I've heard. I've thought heard it so many times, and it's almost like, blah, 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 and then that happened. But I mean, it's 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 almost too much to take in. It's so horrible. It's so yeah, horrible. They don't do things like that. They just shoot you. Mm. Well, I. I was thinking, I didn't say this to Trudy, but I was thinking, imagine if you were black as well. Because in Australia, we have a horrible history of slavery and um, death in custody. I think our stats might even be worse than yours, like in terms of how we treat our Aboriginal population and stuff. We've been having Black Lives Matter protests here in Australia and getting a bit more... Oh, he, he, yeah, here's some cra- crazy shit from Western Australia. Um, there's a lot of um, Aboriginal women who are in prison because they've gone to the police for um, to try to escape domestic violence or they've called the police and they've got a rule in Western Australia that if you've got unpaid parking fines, they take you to prison um, or jail. What? What's the easy one? The What's the smallest? Anyway, they take you in like they put you away if you can't pay them and so these women go there for domestic violence and end up incarcerated because they've got unpaid parking fines and oh my god that's insane yeah 
So, um, yeah. Let's punish the victims. Uh, It's just a lot of that. But um, it's kind of, I think, I mean, it's all part of, like, the dark history of imperialism, you know, the from, you know, out of Europe and shit. Yeah, but wouldn't your Aborigines be the same thing as our Native Americans? There's a lot of similarities, but different, I mean... It, you've got to remember, like, Australia was colonized later than America, so there's there's different kind. there's some things that are similar and there are some things that are different and also, like, the size of Australia. There's, but, yeah, there's a lot of horrible stuff. With, there's the stolen generation where kids who didn't... And I think it, this did happen in America as well. Like, if kids were part white, they would be taken away and given to either other families or put into mission stations, like religious missions and often horrible things that happened to them. And yeah, they, they, they wouldn't know who their family was. And we've got a whole generation of people that were stolen. And they just, you know, trying to try and it's really hard trying to find who their, their family are and stuff. Well, they, they did that here, but it wasn't, it wasn't just, it wasn't the kids that looked white. It was the kids period they took the kids away from their parents and then put them in schools and then forced them to not be able to you know you can't speak your native language you can't do your native mm, things yes and yes they, and they tried to they tried to, to you know to just to, to i guess you know wipe out their their culture, the culture. which is just yeah. you know which is unbelievable yeah well it's believable because there's only room for one culture which is white supremacist culture and that's what we're you know like dealing with at the moment is the back not the not a backlash but a but like it's like a boil you know that's been building up we've been kind of in this system especially since the scientific revolution um which oh god 16 mid 1600s i think we've kind of been on this path towards trying to prove that you know as human beings we can we have power over nature and we've been able to um use that uh, to justify white people being at the top of um the evolutionary pyramid especially like white men and then the taking ethics out of science which is something that happened with Galileo which it's made sense and made science work, but unfortunately it made it okay to just go and, you know, fuck over culture after culture after culture after culture and steal people yeah, and yeah, rape them and I, enslave I them. And the, 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 yeah. I grew up in Los Angeles, so for me, I see that the greatest thing that for a culture is when we have a multicultural or multi, you know, multi-diverse culture where everybody's from somewhere else because people bring ideas from other places when everybody's mm-hmm. from the same place. Mm. And they don't think outside the box because nobody's bouncing ideas off of each other. So I think one culture being in charge is just too much of nonsense. You yep. know, besides that, I don't give a shit myself. There's always talking for myself. I'm a white guy, of course. I really don't care if, you know, a guy's a black guy, Indian guy. Uh, you know, whatever. I mean, he, he, to me, he's either just an asshole or he's not an asshole. <laughs> if he's a good guy, then that's it. Because I know plenty of white guys that I won't talk to. I think they're assholes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's definitely. Like, I think. I don't, wanna, I, I don't hate anybody because of the way they look. I hate people because of the way they act. That's true. Well, one of the problems, though, is that, and this is something that I've been learning recently, is that there's like 
just like there's explicit and implicit sexism, like there's like, ah, oh, show us your tits, love kind of sexism or more sort of subtle, like uh, some of this, some of the sexist behavior that I most encounter is guys being super surprised that I can be a woman and be able to hold a conversation about philosophy or something like that. They look at me like I'm a dog playing a piano and, and not to compare or say my, I mean, it's not, my situation's not worse or it's just, it's different. I think, you know, anyway, I think black people definitely have it worse. Um, they've been, you know, black people in Australia, black people in America, but it's a similar thing in that there's the open racism. Um, and then there's the more subtle forms of racism, like where you uh, become friends with, you know, someone like well-meaning white people who are just doing bad shit. And this is what's kind of coming out a bit more now with, um, certain stuff is like how we all do these little things that keep black people in their place and by keeping black people in their place it kind of keeps the whole white supremacist system rolling and it, yeah, see, in and America it, though there's uh, white people get shot by the cops too it's yeah not, but it's not percentage wise it's not as bad yeah, well, but the reason why the cops feel entitled to do it is because we're living in a culture that on a subliminal level you're getting this message that black people are subhuman, black people are like animals. You know in hospitals doctors prescribe half, uh, like it's about 50% the amount of painkillers to black people and I thought that that was just like an unconscious bias but it turns out doctors will say that to their their medical students like they'll actually say to them black people don't feel as much pain so you don't have to worry about giving them as much pain meds there's this like much more kind of like um and and we don't realize it like as white people because it doesn't affect us it's like you don't realize stuff that i'm affected by because you're a guy and i'm a woman and and i have my stuff but then there's stuff that you being a man and having to be you know there are things that i know men have to deal with like um like men aren't allowed to break down and have feelings like all women will often kind of cut you down for that I know that's a real problem like that men have to deal with because they're not allowed to be vulnerable and stuff and, and women unconsciously reinforce that. We've all got our stuff, but when there's this idea that one group in particular aren't really human in some way, they're, they're more animal than human. And then that gives sort of like, it lets everyone turn a blind eye, blind eye and it leads to white silence, which I myself have done. And then it just kind of keeps the whole machine rolling, which is the problem is on a systemic level, you know, like it definitely is. It comes from the top down, but from the bottom up, we're still letting it happen because we're not, we don't see it because it's not affecting us. And we don't talk about it because there's like an in, visible wall where you don't talk about it because we think oh it's not our business because we're not black so we shouldn't you know like there's so many things you don't even realize until you start digging in and you and I only started really digging in because of the Black Lives Matter movement like becoming so big right now well it is a group that is standing up against police brutality but police brutality is in some you know I'm not saying all cops are bad but there are certainly some bad cops 
there's a video out there of, and it's it's a white guy, unfortunately. It was 2016, and you do not go look at this video. No, I you don't. Do not wanna, you would not handle it well. And it's, the man's name is Daniel Schaefer, and he got called out of his hotel. He walked out of his hotel room, and the cops, yeah, they thought he had a gun. He walked out in the lobby, and they humiliated him, and then they made him crawl, and then they shot him. Mm. It's, and it's, don't watch the video. Well, the thing is, like, we all end up being diminished by this, by the, the power that had been given to the police, because they're the original bounty hunters for black people. That's where the police force started. And so that now, and so now, that, so they were given unchecked power, and now that unchecked power, guess what? You know, it's now affecting, well, not just now, but it affects white people as well. So, but it was a re- it it dis it still affects black people more. That doesn't mean that both things can be true. Police brutality, police are assholes, and they um, are assholes to white people and people from other cultures. And police are the biggest assholes to black people. Like both things actually can be true at the same time. Oh yeah, I've had the, I've had a gun pulled on me in the last five years at least twice. Wow. Yeah, for a speeding ticket, and the cop's like, you got to pull your co-driver up. I said, he's sleeping. The cop reached for his gun. I said, whoa, whoa, calm down, buddy. Wow. I, because I questioned him, and he got upset about it. And then the other time was, uh, I think I might have told you about this. I was over in uh, Illinois, and I was getting, this is this is a few years back. I, was, I had an uh, iPod Touch, and I was downloading my email through Wi-Fi. And uh, yeah, it was like 2 in the morning, the place was packed. I didn't think anything of it, and uh, I guess it was a. I guess I looked at a place because it was a black neighborhood, and I was the only white guy there. I mean, nobody, nobody was at a, You know, there was no problems with that with anybody. It's just that I looked at a place is what it was, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, like ten cop cars, or uh, sorry, sorry, six cop cars showed up, and they surrounded me, and I'm like, oh wow, I wonder what's going on. And then they all jumped out and pulled their guns and started pointing at me. And I was like, oh, shit, they're after me. And it was 10 cops. And at that time, I had a Ford Focus with a crank window. And the window was cracked. And like, roll down your window. And I yelled out the window, it's a fucking crank window. Don't fucking shoot. My arms got to go up and down. And, you know, because they were all young. You know, I didn't know if they'd know what a crank window was, you know. And I got a little scared. And then I reached my arms out and I, cl- I dropped the iPod. And they, I was so scared. And then they got upset. And then, you know, they're like, what are you doing? They're get out of the car. And I got out of the car. And they're, you know, what are you doing? I so said, I wasn't doing anything. I was just getting my email. What are you doing your email here for? It was a McDonald's parking lot. I said, because they advertise free Wi-Fi. And he goes, what? And I go, yeah, they advertise free Wi-Fi. And then he says, uh, why didn't you order anything? And I said, well, I just, I just read, you know, Fast Food Nation and, you know, after reading that, it's kind of hard to eat anything here. <laughs> and he goes, what? And I, and I, I kind of pointed my finger down. I saw my hands in the air. I, pointed, I said, look on the back seat. I just finished the book <laughs> yesterday. It's right there on the back seat. And he looks and he's like, oh, oh, you really did read that? Go, yeah, yeah, man. You wanted him to tell him that. He's like, no. And then he's like, I said, well, what's going on? He, I said, I didn't do anything. And he goes, well, they thought we thought you were going to, you know, that you could put your hands down. And all this, we're finally done. I go, he says, what are you doing here? And I go, or I said, uh, I just worked down the street because I was between runs. And then he goes, uh, this is the part where he, this is where I screwed up. You know when you say something stupid because you're nervous? Mm. 
That's my life, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did one of those. I said, he goes, oh, we thought we were going to rob the McDonald's. And I said, do I look like the kind of guy that would rob a McDonald's a block away from a donut shop? <gasps> what happened? Well, you're still alive, so that's good. Yeah, that's when the guns went back up. And then, you know, and I was like, oh, no. I, and I thought about it. I said, oh, shit. I said, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to say that. I, usually, I don't make fun of people that all get their hair cut exactly the same way. Oh, God damn it, I did it again. I said, I said, I am so sorry. I didn't do that to be a dick. I did that because I'm scared right now. Because there's ten of you, and all it takes is one of you to be pissed off and shoot me. Oh, my God. And I said, and I thought maybe you, might get, you guys might get extra points from me because I'm from California originally. Oh, my God. That and is... they're like, what? And then at that point, they were okay. Oh, fuck. But, uh, but I, I was so scared. And they followed me all the way back to work. Man. Which was like a couple miles away from the terminal. That's some crazy shit. I, my, my sister, when she got um, sectioned, like got put into, um, taken to hospital, um, she's, there were like six police officers there and totally like she's a big girl she's got like this she, I don't think she was even fighting them or anything but out of just process they threw her to the to the ground and she's like just because you know yeah and and uh and that the dog actually bit the police officer but I think that they must have known that they were in the wrong because like they didn't do anything about the dog so, um, yeah, anyway, but my, my, um, only ever experience with the police, I've had two experiences back when I was a teenager in the Sir Joe Bielke Peterson era, which was like really, really bad here in, in Queensland. But, um, and, um, anyway, we were just walking through the city, this friend, male friend and my, and I, and, um, the police grabbed a bunch of people, like maybe 10 people and took us under a bridge and just stood us up, stood us in a line, like didn't tell us why they took us there and then asked each and every one of us what we were doing in the city at night. And then we, my friend and I pretended to be boyfriend and girlfriend just, you know, for whatever. And then they let us go. So that's first and only time with the police. Second time was, oh, actually there was a second time where it was totally my bad. I was like, the G20 summit in Brisbane and there were like police everywhere. And I just got back from Thailand and I was smoking pot, like right where there were like cops everywhere. And we had some come up to us. And fortunately my friend who's very smart and a journal, a journalist and editor and, um, does all the newspapers for, um, like rural Queensland to the state that I live in and she just started chatting to them she guessed that they were they'd been brought in from up north and that so they're not like quite as assholeish as the um as the city cops and um she's like oh are you guys from Cairns you know like I do you know stuff with them so I quickly put out my joint and they didn't say anything and they just ended up having a chat but I'd yeah had six cops come up to me like walk up to us and I was just I was just totally cool she was smoking a cigarette I was smoking a joint and just managed somehow I managed to just bullshit like not like just I don't know how but yeah just a moment I don't think I'd be able to do it again and then the third encounter was when I got beat up by my flatmate and then tried to get them to come and they didn't and then tried to do a report and it's been over a year 
and they still haven't processed it. Even though this person threw all my stuff out the front door, threw me up against the wall. Um, so they're either like, yeah, useless when you need them or, or they'll, you know, fuck you up for a fine or for fun. That's my view of the police. It's not just a few bad apples. It's, it's like, um, if you get good cops, they're the exception that proves the rule or it's in a particular situation where they're trained to be good at their job. But for the most part, it's just bullshit. Like I got pulled over in Northern Wisconsin. I was on the way to the the queen fish house and, uh, the cop pulled me over and I'm like, you know, Hey, is everything okay? And he's like, Oh there. Hey feller. I just pulled you over to tell you you got a taillight out there, you know. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, I said, oh, my God, that's hilarious. He goes, and I go, that's hilarious. He goes, oh, hey, why you got your hands out the window like that there? <laughs> oh, I didn't want to get shot. Oh, no, we don't no, we do not do that here. Oh, Jeepers Christmas, that's a big town. We don't do that around here there. Here, he goes, I got to tell you, fella, I got to give you a warning ticket. I don't really want to, but I got to, so... But all you got to do is go on in. They'll just sign it off. They're mm. like, oh, oh, okay. Uh, I, I, I wonder how it would have been if you were black, so though. Nice. I wonder if it would have been the same if you are black, though. Because um, I, I don't know. It's like with this, it's just, it's really, well, I, 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 tell me a story. Think, in this case, I think it would be because it was almost in Green Bay. Mm. And that's where the Packers play. And the only black people in the area play for the Packers or are related to someone who plays for the Packers. So the area tends to be mm, not yeah. That way with so it's like big, everybody's a yeah. fanatic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yes. Um. I ha- I've heard since I've been like researching, like trying to sort of have a bit of a an upgrade, a moral upgrade, I suppose you could call it, like learning how to be a better person and in the world and stuff. But um, I um I've heard a couple um a couple of people, maybe two three. Black people talk about the experience of just the terror of being pulled over by the police and how they have this automatic system of just doing everything absolutely perfectly, making sure your hands are at the top of the wheel and where they can see them, that everything, you know, when you reach over to the glove box, you go extra slow and all of these things because every single encounter is a potential, you know, recipe for disaster and so, oh, like, yeah. it could be the it's simplest things. Yelling, that, how that would fuck with your head. And you haven't moved, you know you're in trouble. Yeah, but imagine having that, like, every time you saw... I mean, I'd get, I'd get a bit anxious if I saw the police, but I wouldn't be worried that I'm, they might kill me, you know? Like, I wouldn't be feeling like, oh, that's right, yeah, I did. I got pulled over by the police for, for, speed, for being in the wrong lane once and I got a ticket. That's... I've been really lucky in my life. I haven't had much to do with the police. But it was it's just like imagine if you're like just being pulled over for a ticket but it doesn't matter and you might not even know that but you're so it's so a part of your culture that you, that you just are terrified every single time you get pulled over and it could just be for the, a tiny infraction. That well, blows like a, my that's mind. Like that Daniel that's Schaefer, that Daniel Schaefer video I was telling you about. But listeners, if you you know if if you look up you if you YouTube Daniel Schaefer, mm. you'll find one of the most horrific videos you have ever seen, and yeah. I recommend to you not to look at it. Yeah, I don't look at the stuff. I learn to, about it. I yeah. learn about it, but I and I, I'm I'm working on how to be 
more um, less biased myself in the things that I assume about other cultures and people who are different from me um, I mean I'm like that generally but at the moment I'm sort of I guess deep diving I I really need to deep dive more into what's happening in Australia because a lot of the stuff I, I've just started getting sucked into YouTube I finally joined the YouTube generation <laughs> I, I, that thing where they they figure out the algorithm and they just keep putting up interesting things for you to look at and so um yeah I, I, that's part of it it's just being sucked I just get sucked yeah I get, get getting sucked down the rabbit hole and I'm like okay I've I, you know I've learned a lot about what's going on like there's still so much to learn like um about um black culture in America and also in you know indigenous culture and uh and latino culture and it's just there's there's so much stuff going over there you guys uh whew, things are pretty intense um well, but, latino culture i got that down because i grew up in la i knew more hispanic people than i did white people it was, uh, I, was, I, was, I was in la you've got to be uh, careful that's one of the doing... that's one of the biases that's one of the tropes is um is uh uh not biased by proximity so a lot of white women are under under the illusion that they're not that they don't have racial biases because they're married to a black guy, and I know from my own experience dating a black guy and realizing oh my god I've got all these racial biases that it's not true. So you you got to check yourself on that one because it's a common misconception that if you're close to people from a from a an, a culture that you actually like that you're not going to have white biases because it's it's baked into us man it's fucking the matrix is real <laughs> like oh i did it well when i was over there in la i was doing a i was doing a hispanic accent i was talking like that because that's how we used to talk and uh one of the guys in the back room was like hey man you gotta stop doing that man yeah and i go what i go what and he goes it's it sounds too good it sounds it's it's really bothering me because mm. yeah that accent from you is not right. Yeah. I, go, I said, I live down the street, man. This is how we talk. Well, I guess it's kind of like cultural appropriation be like, if I, I it's kind of like the concept of aping, you know? And, and even though you might not be doing it and your heart might be in the right place or you, you know, it's an accidental thing that this is the thing about the explicit and the implicit, like the implicit yeah. stuff is much harder. And the reason why, the implicit stuff, like the, the subtle stuff is more dangerous now is because with the civil rights movements and stuff, we've, we have uh, learned how to find ways to stop people being quite so explicitly racist. But the it, that's just meant it's driven it deeper underground like it does with any kind of prohibition. So now it's more subtle. And so we need to pay attention to these things that may seem minor because actually they all amount to something big, which is keeping the machine going, which is on the backs of black people and, and, and brown people in the world. Like it, it's where um, we're not, paying attention to what's happened we're, we're too distracted we're on our hamster wheels of work and I think that's part of the reason why people are becoming more um, enlightened a lot of white people are becoming more enlightened is because people there's you know a lot of uh, like white middle class democrats or working class 
you know, pe- people who actually would like to give a shit aren't on the constant hamster wheel of work. Like they've maybe can't work and so they've got time. I think that's part of it. People's people right. people have got time on their hands going crazy. And well, they they also but, they have an opportunity. People have an opportunity to think about stuff, whereas normally it's like that's too hard. Oh, that's a tragedy, but I've got to check my email. You know what I mean? Like it's. I think people have actually got a chance to be, to be shocked and feel something because, it's, like it's just there. You know, you can't. It's, no longer. I mean, I don't know how long it's going to last and whether it's actually going to amount to anything I mean I'm kind of like I, I I'm a pessimist with aspirations of optimism <laughs> you know um but uh I mean one great thing about anchor is that it has helped me to reach across class and cultural divides that I otherwise would not have, you know, wouldn't have been able to do because it was just the platform lent itself to all kinds of different people from all over the world. That was cool. And and because it was, we were just talking, you know, like I've made a lot of really good friends that I'm still friends with, even though the anchor community as such isn't really there anymore. Through WhatsApp, I've, you know, there's... There's Derek, our Damien Black, who I date, and Trudy, who you know, Trudy Neal Fielding, or Condensation. There's uh, the Cannabis Conundrum and Awesome Source Stations. Um, there's Grey Wolf. There's um, Art Speaks with Tesse. Like, these are, like, amazing friendships that I've forged. And, uh, and that is thanks to Anchor. Glitches, bitches, and all, like... Well, the earlier version of Anchor 2.0 made it possible for the the voiceless to have a voice. It made yeah, it, it easier. It was really neat. Yeah, it made it easier. And I think because you weren't immediately confronted with how someone looked, maybe that was part of it. You you know, the voices. And, and I think it was a, an easy threshold. It was free and people wanted to talk to other people. You know, um, the... Yeah, and it was just, it was as bad as it was, like as much as I bitched about it at the time, like it really was like a golden period in my life uh, where I just got the world opened up to me so much more. Yeah, when they took the social aspect out of it, it just really kind of pissed me off. It was as sad, isn't it? It's just they, they had lightning in a bottle and they didn't know it. was one of the best, you know, when I, when I got it, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And yeah. then once I started, you know, well, the first person I talked to was you, or you talked to me, actually. Yep. And then, and then I was like, oh, okay, I, I see the potential, then I went and checked your station out, and I was like, holy shit, I can see where this is going, I can see, you yeah. can do whatever you want. The my station. You have is your imagination. My station used to feature a lot of different people as well. It was kind of, it was somewhere you could go and check out a lot of other stations and back then you could click on someone's segment in anchor on someone else's station and then go straight to their station so if you're like oh this person's cool it was just like one click away and there you were like right in the middle of there it wasn't it was like a some 
at that time, everybody, it was like somewhere in between a podcast and Snapchat. Kind of, it was like, yeah. Although that was later. Oh, anyway, it was, it was cool. It was like this inter interconnected web of little radio stations, you know, little oh, radio that's programs. That's where I got my my intro for my podcast was from Anger. Yeah, from uh, me and from Jeremiah Craig. Jeremiah Craig. Mm-hmm. Who you ask, you said it to me. And then the, the second part of the, of the edited version of my intro came from you. Yes. And so, yeah. and so everybody calls, everybody, yeah, I've had a few calls and there are emails and they're like, oh my God, you know, your, your intro is so amazing. And I'm like, oh, what, 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 about, the, what about the rest of it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's okay with the, the intro. And I'm like, yeah, but what, what, what Really, just the intro? What's, what about the other stuff? <laughs> yeah, but, oh my God, that Australian chick is just amazing. Oh, well, you haven't told me that before. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, but what about the rest of it? I know, but do you, do you know who is she? Oh my God. Why have I never um, heard this before? Oh, and then, yeah, I've heard it all the time. Then, oh my God. Like, and then people are like, is that you singing? And I'm like, no. <laughs> Oh like, yeah, no, that's, that's, Jeremiah uh, Craig, Craig, he's amazing. Oh my god, that guy's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I gotta get, and then I steer him towards. I said, if you look at his show notes, there's a link to his stuff. Mm-hmm. You can use it. He'll even write you an intro if you want. I said, just contact him. But then, then my my buddy Peter Peter, he's a he's a driver guy I drove with. He's like, he's like Kingfish. Kingfish. <laughs> oh my god, what is that Australian? Oh. I'm going to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Who is it? Who, what's his name? Uh, Peter. Peter, call me. Yeah, I'll, you want me to? I'll give him your number. Yeah, do it. Yeah, he's like, oh my god. He sounds like he has good taste, so... Even if he's got a weird voice, you know, like, well... He's a nice guy, but he's a shitty driver. Well, I don't need him to drive me anywhere. The only place well, he, most people drive me is up the wall. Yeah, he applied for the same job that I'm going for, and he did the test drive, and he's like, well, I, they haven't called me back. I don't understand. I only ran over one curb, and I missed a few gears. <laughs> I don't know what the problem is. I'm like, uh, well, they're kind of going for perfection, and... The fact that you ran over a bunch of shit probably isn't good. Well, I didn't break anything. So, okay. So, you're starting a new job on Monday. Yeah, I gotta go through the orientation. As long as I don't run anything over, I should have a job. It's great. Um, Better insurance, better pay. The only thing is all the fiddly bureaucratic stuff that that can be a drag. But once once you're out there on the road and doing your thing, it'll be great. Yeah, I got like nine offers from people that I know that had gone over there. They all called me up and asked me if I'd run team. I drive sleeper team, semi truck sleeper team. And everybody was like, oh, can you run over? You know, hey, you think about coming over here? You know, I got an opening on the team. And uh, I was like, uh, why are you guys all calling me at once? Well, the bids are all coming up. And so I got nine offers. Wow. Like an hour. You're a wanted man. Yeah, well, they all know I just like, I like to drive and I don't stop. And everything's time critical over there. So it's like, they like that. 
when when they were working with me over at the place I'm at now, they were like, oh, you drive too much, you push too hard. Now that the place that pushes hard, they're like, hey, you know, uh, the other way you drive is just really cool. The only problem is, is I've been at where I'm at for 25 years, so I have to go over there. I have to change everything I do. I have to do it their way, which is going to be difficult. So I'm just going to go in the attitude that, that I don't know anything <laughs> and relearn it all. I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna like game game them a little bit and say, "I don't know anything. I, I've just got to do it my old way." No, no, that's oh, no, cool. No. They're going no, going they in with know. an open mind. I did my test drive. The the guy doing the test drive was like. Uh, they just had me drive around the block. He's like, uh, I said, you want me to back up into a trailer or something? And he's like, uh, no, you don't have to. <laughs> I go, well, my backing kind of sucks because I do doubles. I don't ever back up anywhere because you can't. I haven't done it in like 15 years backed up. And he goes, uh, I heard about you. You'll be fine. Oh, wow. Well, well, like, well. Like, uh, usually when people hear about me, it's usually not a good thing. <laughs> Well, I, I just realized, like, I didn't do any introduction about who you are or what you do or, like, oh, I this, guess people have guessed too. trucking with kingfish. I mean, it kind of, like, it's all in the title. So if people haven't figured it out already, definitely go and check out the podcast. Way more popular than me. Hopefully. Oh, I doubt that. <laughs> you, know, it's, you know, it's funny, though. It's funny you said that because... It, it is trucking with Kingfish because that's what I named it because that's what I did and that's what I was doing with Anchor. And then season one and two are still in Anchor, but that was more of a hodgepodge. It wasn't really a podcast. It was good. Anyway. through seven is over on Lipson. But here's the thing is I, I expanded it into more transportation because I can, I can do anything. I trucking, transportation, trains. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we went on a, a steamship earlier this year. I still have to do that episode. Uh, went on a high-speed ferry, which is, you have more mm. high-speed ferries than we do, but it was pretty amazing. And then just recently, I rode an electric trolley that was over 100 years old. Awesome. It was, it was, uh, it was just, and I recorded it, and it was just like, oh, my God. Well, what I did was I went in, and the conductor was given a history lesson and all that, and I recorded the whole thing, and then afterwards, I walked to him and said, hey, man, I just recorded all this. Do you mind if I use it? Because I didn't want to, I didn't want to, change the flow you know what i'm saying yeah 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 so i so i just hit record and then when i was done i went up to him i said hey i just mm. recorded everything mm-hmm. you know if, if you tell me i can't use it that's cool i'll just erase it but yeah. i just want to ask you before you oh yeah totally yeah use it promote us yeah cool nicely done like, yeah they were really nice about it oh that's cool well it's been great talking to you on my station i hope some of this can be used maybe on your station if you feel so inspired maybe we could both sign off like from our mutual stations i'll um <laughs> so um this is louise from lulu island oh absolutely well i i think um uh, i'm i'll do my sign off um thank you you've been listening to lulu island while you've also been Dot dot dot. Here's your bit. This is this is the bit where you you get to pr- oh, I say know, goodbye. But it sounds so much better when you say it. Well, listeners, you've Ozzy also it up, been. Ozzy it up, Ozzy it up. Oh, g'day, mate. Did you do you know do you know what uh, do you know what you've been just listening to? You've Truck been listening with trucking with kingfish, not fucking with kingfish. Trucking with oh, kingfish. Oh, Jesus Christ, for fuck's sake, get your mind out of the gutter. Trucking with Kingfish. 
<laughs> Expand your mind on the open road. Nice. <laughs> oh, and as we heard Caleb in the background. Oh, yes, yeah, Sarah just came home. So it's all very exciting. So thank you for... Oh, tell Sarah, say hi. Oh, I, I won't. Uh, <laughs> Um, oh, listeners, oh, listeners oh, of Kingfish, listeners of Lulu Island, I love you all. Particularly, who was it? Was it Pete? Pete that said, "Who's that gorgeous chick with the sexy Australian accent?" Who was that? Oh, the, uh, I don't remember. It was some random person who wrote in. Oh, I heard, oh, uh, Pete said that. Pete yes, Pete. Yes. So Actually, Pete. Pete said that. Uh, Doug said that. Even Doug said that. Oh, Everybody Doug too. Doug well, the, you know, I'll take him all. Guys, call me. <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs> All right, thanks, Lula. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I've got to get back to. I'll just. We'll just have to trim this bit off the end, or not. I'm trying to get back to the screen. Okay. Uh, I think the ambient noises in the background make, <laughs> kind of make it fun and kind of interesting. It's. It makes it not so sterile. You know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. All right, we're going to be finished almost on 50 minutes, so... Uh, I'm going to get going because i got to take a nap. Yeah, go to sleep. Oh, you know what? i got to switch over from nights to days oh. to the next week. Then i got to switch back over to nights. It's going to be a pain in the ass. And that's Kingfish with a pain in the ass. Thank you for listening. <laughs>